I brought you a special present. What is it? Open it up. A book? That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm gonna read it to you. Has it got any sports in it? Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles? It doesn't sound too bad. I'll try and stay awake. All right. The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern. Chapter 1. Buttercup was raised on a small farm in the country of Florin. Welcome to the junk drawer. Is it on the Google Doc? Uh, we're, we're not done with this is, samurai. This is cocktail. This is a samurai pod now. This is samurai pod. Can you put your commodity oh, here? On set, when they had all the text, they were like, literally had to tell NATO, by the way, this is for a movie. Which also seems like the easiest cover-up to start a war. Right? <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I do know plants pretty well, but I don't think if you dropped me, I would be like, that's a cocaine plant. Like, <laughs> what is he, a botanist on the side? Because <laughs> we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are so excited for this episode of The Junk Drawer. Uh, this is a special guest episode with a very special guest, the very biggest, most devoted fan of The Junk Drawer has joined us. Uh, we're here with Mr. Brooks May. Brooks. Hey, hey, yeah, it's me. I'm Brooks May. I would say I might be the number one fan if you ask these guys, uh, if there's a bigger fan out there, let them know. I'd like to think I'm a pretty big fan. How many times have you listened to each episode, dude? Well, I record them because I'm on the pod. So how many times have you listened to them after the fact, though? Mm, like, at the most twice. Well, because I feel like after the second time I listened to them, now <laughs> I've been on them. Uh, and then I've listened to them at least three more times after that. So, so what you're saying is our jobs are in jeopardy. Yeah, okay. they could be. They could okay. be. Are Anyways, you, the voice you you're hearing... Are you replace one of us? No, I'm trying to just join. All of okay, us. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> by myself. Next week will be the first ever Brooks cast. <laughs> Solo. Anyways, the voices you guys are hearing are around me um, yes. are my co-hosts this week. Yes, I, dude. I am Arrigo. I had no real say in allowing an outsider to host, but it's happening. I am Bryce Howell. I had all of the say, as I always do. I'm Cole, and I was not a part of the voting. Right? <laughs> I talked to Cole about it. Oh, I'm glad. If I, I had included. your number. Oh, wow. <laughs> So who is your favorite host? Like, who's your favorite to listen to? Say, so Dalton was pretty sick. <laughs> okay, no, of like the original three, who is your favorite host? Gun to your head. If you don't answer, I'm gonna shoot your brains out. Well, mm. Bryce picks the most junk drawer movies. Yes, and dude. So those are the. Oh, so you don't understand what the podcast is about? What or do you maybe mean? he understands exactly. the most. No, the exactly. None of you do. I started this company. <laughs> you know how much I sacrificed. That's too loud. <laughs> <laughs> So let's, uh, yeah, now that we know that, um, you guys all have your own individual quirks that I like about each one of you. And I like to hear, I like that it's rotating. I like that it's not just one of you as the host. It's very it, nice. We try to get it that way, but. Yeah, we all agree that Cole's rating fluctuations make the least sense. Yeah, Cole's yes. ratings I think I figured, are for sure. Well, I think I figured out what's wrong, and maybe we'll talk about that later, what happened <laughs> with your ratings, but. <laughs> Um, we'll find out about your ratings now. So you want to start with you, Cole? What, what movie are we doing? Oh, yeah. the, <laughs> the Princess Bride. If you guys couldn't tell by the cold open, I just thought everyone would know. 
That's not how this works, dude? No. Okay, so we're doing The Princess Bride. Um, a very great, amazing movie that I love. Um, but before I rate it and get my everything on it, I'll let you guys go first. And again, let Cole go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so came out in 1987. Yes. Uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Uh, which I was surprised by. It's weird to see names that you recognize as actors yeah. who have director credits as well, and especially director credits in movies you really like. Like he also directed When Harry Met Sally, which is mm -hmm. a movie I love. Ooh, haven't seen um, it. And A Few Good Men. Yeah, and A Few Good Men, and so you can't handle the Reiner. Are you kidding? Um, no. And no. Spinal Tap? Yeah, and Spinal Tap. And Spinal Tap. And Spinal Tap. Uh, so he's this killing is it. Fun. So for me, I love this movie. Um, and I did not grow up watching it. It's like a recent... Cult, you know, called a cult classic, but it's like a recent addition to my movie repertoire of movies I really enjoy. Um, and I don't know where this is going to fit, so I'm just going to say it right from the beginning. Like the context they put this movie in, where it's a grandfather telling a story to his grandson while he's sick, is the exact scenario I want to replicate this in my life every single time. If I'm ever sick, this Aww. movie I'm going to watch. Like I want to watch this movie. It seems like just that kind of movie to watch while yeah. you're sick. Um, so my rating for it. Uh, I'm gonna put it at an 88. Okay, nice. 88. 88. That's nice. strong. Um, I will go next, Brooks. I was glad that you picked this movie because I had never seen it, but I know of the movie. It's huge in pop culture. It's always referenced. I knew it's referenced, even though I've never seen the movie. So I was excited that this was an excuse for me to watch it. Um, <clears throat> knew it was an 80s movie. Uh, while I was watching it, I felt like I would love this as a kid. Because the nostalgia is huge. For mm -hmm. people who can go back and watch it, I can see why they love it. Yeah. Um, however, as a 27-year-old adult, I didn't get into it as much as I thought I would. I thought it was going to be better than what it was. Um, we will talk about it at length, what it was trying to do. At parts of, parts of it, it was like, oh, it's a parody. Other parts, I thought it was taking itself too serious. Other parts, I didn't know what to expect. Um... So I, I enjoyed watching it, and I think it's a great movie to put on and just, you know, share with all audiences, different ages and whatever, but um, I didn't love it. I'm going to give it a 60%. I don't think it's a good movie. I think it's a great, enjoyable movie, but from a film standpoint, I don't think it's a good movie. Like, it's not well made and shot at times, and it's not a great film. So I'm going to give it a 60%. And I do agree with part of Mario's center there that with, even with an 88, like... I still say that knowing that there's plenty of parts of this movie that don't look good. Like, there's plenty of the set pieces that look like it's like a, a high piece. school theater like <laughs> yeah. on stage. Um, so there are parts that I feel like, for the most part, I kind of just take with all of it and like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And I don't know if they're trying to do that on purpose because it's the grandfather telling the grandkid a story, but at the same time, then you have these landscape scenes where it's so realistic. So I just think it's budgeting at times. Like, I don't know. Yeah, so. it is weird. Well... Also, part of that's 1987, and part of that is relatively small budget, only $16 million. Very small budget. Um, so, right. Yeah, it's super small budget. budget. <clears throat> so and all, all went to Billy Crystal. <laughs> and all went to get Billy Crystal in 30 seconds of the movie. Um, but this well, movie... kind of cut most of his part. <laughs> right. And this movie for me is kind of a lucky 10,000 movie, which if you're not familiar with that expression, it's basically the idea of... If there's something that, quote, everybody knows, then statistically speaking, 10,000 people will learn it that day. And so, like, this is a movie that, quote, everybody's seen. But I think we've all mentioned that we didn't come to this movie until we were adults. And so Mario got to be one of this week's lucky 10,000 people to see it for the very first time. Hey! Um, 
because t-shirt yeah, t-shirt in the mail yeah, yeah there you go it's coming um it is like <laughs> size medium thank you thank you yes it is you've been growing it is like a, a children's movie but it, it works for adults as well it's fun it's delightful uh brooks and i watched it together cheating and uh selfish we <laughs> We just like giggled like little kids throughout the whole movie. Like it wasn't like any belly laughs. Uh, I'm were you holding like, each other's hands? Notorious for belly laughing. I laughed a but little. I, I think it's just like than you, maybe nonstop giggling the entire movie, just like chuckling to ourselves, and it's it's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of actually how Mario and I watched it. We Facetimed each other while traveling. Yeah. So we went all around the states, and uh, we were naked and having a blast. What a weird point of jealousy for you guys to stick on is that me and Brooks watched watch it together. together. Oh, I just meant that we always watch it together. That's well. cool. That's cool. Yeah. All the movies? You no. name it. Movies, TV, anyway, each other working out. My rating would be an 84. Gasp. Uh, I think it is a very good, very well done movie. There are some flaws, obviously. I didn't give it a 100, um, but it's great. It's so much fun. It's so enjoyable to watch from beginning to end. Um, and pretty much anywhere you pick up, you're like excited to pick up there. Definitely. Yeah, so obviously I chose this movie, so I love it a lot. I also didn't see it until I was an adult. Uh, probably, I don't know, probably like only five or six years ago is the first time I saw it. I definitely didn't see it whenever I was in undergrad in college. Yeah. Um, I saw it after that. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give this movie a try. I used to always be like, I knew when I was younger, I was mixed, I mixed it up with the Princess Diaries. Yeah. And I would yeah. be like, I'm not watching. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I was like, I'm not watching the girl turn into a queen again. Like, I don't, <laughs> we don't need to watch that movie. I'd always vote it down if, like, my friends wanted to watch it. I always got it mixed up with Father of the Bride. Oh, yeah. 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 That's another one that I would not want to have wanted to watch as a kid. Right. Also, weird group of guy friends. They wanted to watch Princess Diaries all the time. Well, yeah. No, no. They wanted to watch Princess Bride. Oh, okay. But I thought, I was like, I'm not. I was like, I don't want to watch that movie with the with the queen. There's a lot of Hathaway stands out there. Yeah, like. <laughs> More embarrassing still, I always thought it was the prince's bride. It was a, it was a possessive thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was the bride that belonged to the prince. The prince. Yeah. Humperdinck's bride. Well, yeah. interesting. It's all about Humperdinck. To quote Danny Trey on Anchorman, women can do things now. Yeah, they can be princesses. <laughs> no, listen, man. <laughs> women can do things now. I'm sorry, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> um, so, but I love this movie. I think it's super quotable, and that doesn't really under that doesn't explain why it's funny throughout it. Like all the funny quotes, that's not why it's funny. Um, it has so much action for that time, like 1987. You have to think about when it was filmed, and like that was like some of your critique, Mario. Like. The way it looks, I think, is a prisoner to the time of the movie. Like yeah. If it was refilmed now, which they will hopefully are not going to do, but if they did, I think it would be like what you were saying. Like It would be so much better. I don't want them to remake it, because watching it, I feel like it's good for what it is because of when it existed. Right. Like right. You wouldn't want them to remake the original Star Wars trilogy and no. do it with today's technology. Also, that would be even though it might look, sin. Even though it might look awesome. Right. It's, it's part of what makes it a cult classic is the kind yeah. of shoestring budget. Yeah, the time using. capsule element to it. Also, watching it, you know, I'm like, as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I, this is 100% the epitome of a cult classic. You mm -hmm, just know right. while you're watching it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I'm like, it's heartwarming and ironic, but it's not too pandering, um, which is also like impossible in a fairy tale setting. Right. Um, and even with all of that stacked on top of it, that's still not even the reasons why we root for the main characters in the movie. So that's why I give this movie personally a 92. Very I love nice. it. 
a lot. Yeah, high high rating. High, but you you love this movie. But yeah. I do love this movie, and like I said, I didn't even see it as a child, so yeah. I don't have any of that nostalgia. Yeah. Um, the Metacritic score is a seventy-seven. Okay. 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 So am I the closest? I think so. Of a you bitch. snuck it by a few points. Because they watched Mario. it together and they knew what was. Yeah. You know what? But I want to see the footage. I know that you guys use Metacritic, but I did look a little deeper and I looked at Rotten Tomatoes. Give it a nine. It has a ninety-seven. I know that just means it has ninety-seven percent positive reviews, but that's still. But that sounds high. right because, like, just statistically speaking, what's probably happening there is everybody. You said it's a seventy-seven. Mm -hmm. Everybody basically gave it three out of four stars. Ninety-seven yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Right. So that would that would basically yeah, be what that means. It's the same thing. Positive reviews. Right. There are three out of four. Which which makes sense. Like I feel I feel like that's pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I wanted three and point three point seven five out of four stars. I think maybe it's <laughs> more of my rating that's, scale, that's, but that's like a carried away. Yeah. <laughs> it's not rounders. <laughs> not it's not rounders. Okay, so um, now that we know the rating, we know the Metacritic score. Our good friend Roger Ebert also called it three and a half out of four stars, so that what? just supports. What is he doing? I don't know. He has no idea I what movies are anymore. So like... What was he doing? Oh, okay. <laughs> Take it easy, on my boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, he's only partially dead, not yeah. all the way dead. Oh, oh no, he is not. <laughs> Shouts to the most. Movie. He's mostly dead. Mostly, mostly dead. There we so are we sure? Are we sure that uh, with your rating scale? Uh, hearing how high the scores are, I am kind of baffled at how high they are because I think they are indicative of something that I preached early on, which is you have to separate whether you can identify a movie as being good with your enjoyment. I have walked away from that a thousand times, but now watching this movie, I went back to it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> But it's not a good film. But movies, especially a movie like this, are simply made to be enjoyed. Like, 100%. That's this, very accurate. Th that is the purpose right. of this movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it did that, achieve that. But I can't sit here and give it something higher than 75. I just can't. I just... There's well, if you had given flaws. it a 75, you would have gotten closest to the <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think... I'm, I'm sure. I think I'm, I'm content. I thought 60 was going to be high. Yeah, there's something just great, and it's what Bryce just said, but... Something great about going to a movie that's only meant to be enjoyed to enjoy it. Like, there's a sense, again, as I referenced in the beginning with it being from the context of a grandfather reading to a sick kid. Like, this is a movie that you just know is always going to pay off to, like, Heartwarming. I'm just going to just gonna enjoy this experience. Yeah. Remind me of the new Joker movie. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Super lighthearted. <laughs> no. Oh, but yeah. Bryce, were you sure? Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously I was closest to the pen, so I was not only correct, but oh, I'm you? sure. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought I might be a bit high. Obviously, I was a little bit high because it is such a fun movie to watch. When you're um, high. I'm sure it would be. Uh, it's a, it's just fun. Like, it's a lot of fun to watch and it's supposed to be. And, like, I could put it on anytime and you can stop in the middle of it or you might get sucked in. It's great. So, do you guys... Mario, you might have a most efficient fix. You gave it a 60, <laughs> so... You might have something that you might want to change about this. So. Yeah, several things. No. Yeah, well, we can only pick one. I had two. They're not. Just, they're not huge, actually. Okay. Nice. Um, that's what she said. Um, well, she didn't, but she did. Okay. One is the set pieces that Cole mentioned. Some of sometimes they take you out of the movie. So, for example, when in how do you pronounce it, Inigo? Inigo. Inigo is fighting at the time he's man in black. Uh, they're fencing. There, which I love that whole interaction with them. It was awesome. It's a great scene. But mm -hmm. the scene is so. 
high school musical set on a stage and yeah. it's just it took me out of the scene a little bit um but then the next scene is like this vast open area like it looks like middle earth mm -hmm. and so too much switching back and forth kind of took me out of the movie but that's what will happen with 60 million dollar budget so maybe fix the set piece and the other thing is i thought the soundtrack could have been a lot better like i know it's not lord of the rings but if i could have had sometimes the music dun, 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 dun. Like it almost felt like they were making fun of that genre, which they I might think have they been. Were. Yeah. I think yeah. they were yeah. partially. Um, but at times it didn't fit for me, and so again that took me out of the movie. Yeah, uh, I think for me, uh, I would say my most efficient fix would be give Robin Wright more to do. Robin Wright plays Buttercup. Such yeah. a great, awesome surprise to see her in this movie. And this is her first movie, so like you know. Yeah. That that is what it is. That's but, one of my efficient fixes too. Like she's a great actress. She's excellent in every movie I've ever seen her in. House of Cards. How, she's excellent mm -hmm. in House of Cards, and the Buttercup character has like nothing to do. And obviously, it's a product of it's an adaptation of a book, and probably there's some commentary on like fantasy stories and, and the role of women right. and all she's... that kind of stuff. But like, man, it feels like a big. Like waste of talent to have Robin Wright mostly just kind of standing in the corner in a ton of scenes. Yeah, she's also Jenny from Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. she's great. That's what she goes awesome. on to do like right after. In her defense, like, I think whenever she was, I think she acted circles around. She's like, good when she's given something to do. Yeah. She's an yeah. excellent actress. She just has so many scenes where it's like, hey, go stand over there. You know? Yeah. And it's Be like it feels like man, what a waste. So for me, I have a hard time with efficient fix because there's not much I would actually change about this movie. Uh, my rating's an 88, but I don't necessarily see 12 points there that I would improve on. I think, not to just like overtly disagree with Mario's comments, but there's a part of me that I just buy into part of the things looking like set pieces and not good set pieces, like when they're in the fire swamp and they have like the oversized rodents. And it's a all guy the, like, in a suit. Rodents yeah, of unusual size. Yeah, sorry, rodents of unusual size. Um, like all those times, like part of it, again, is it just it just gets, for me, secured in this time capsule viewership of this is 1987 because uh, even when they go to like the grand shots that are actual real England open world shots the camera quality from back then is so low that it kind of blends a little bit into the shots that are definitely set pieces um, and I think even one of the things you said that I definitely agree with is there's probably a part of it too is they're always trying to illustrate that this is grandfather telling a story and so part of it that shouldn't look like super cinematic because it's True. You know, a story being told i can see that um, so i really don't have much that i would fix like there's some things that i think are strange with how they did it but i wouldn't necessarily change it like this is by far the weirdest paced movie i've ever watched yes <laughs> where so much happens in the first 15 minutes then a lot of nothing happens for the next 40 minutes and then some last little bits of things happen in the five right. minutes. I think in the first seven minutes of the movie, you've met every character. Yeah. yeah. It That's reminded me of a movie we reviewed where essentially nothing happens throughout the movie. It's, it's just a dumpster fire the whole time. Triple uh, X. <laughs> and you guys couldn't find a fix for that one either. So. Yeah, it just seems like this is in good company with perfect movies. With perfect. Yeah, Triple <laughs> X and Princess Bride, <laughs> both and Princess perfect Bride. movies. Vin Diesel should have been in this one, too. He, yeah, he could have been Andre. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big. So I had like I said like Bryce had I had uh, make a Buttercup more useful just throughout the movie. What a name, um, Princess Buttercup. Yeah, I know, right? Um, on IMDb, she's the Princess Bride though. It's not oh. Buttercup. It's not Buttercup. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's like the the Princess Bride is her character name. Um, 
But yeah, just because they when they just make her go stand in the corner, it just seems, and that happens in the book. I've read the book. So another fix, and this might not be a popular opinion, I want a little more movie. Because um, it is an hour and 38 minutes. That's you guys' like, nice sweet spot of movies. Um, they hairs. Mine's two hours. Oh, you like two hours. Oh, nice. So you'll take my 15 extra minutes. Not this um, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll, I'm going to add stuff from the book that you would like love probably. Okay. There's In the book, there's a, so when they put them in that basement, um, the torture area, above that, there's four layers called the Zoo of Death. Huh. That Humperdinck collects these crazy animals, um, animals like anacondas, rhinos, and crocodiles in the second level. The third level is poisonous animals, uh, spitting cobras, jumping spiders, and death bats. And then the fourth level is shrieking tarantulas, blood eagles, and the sucking squid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just, love all of the creatures. I dated a girl with that nickname, yeah. actually. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> They could have incorporated um, some of those. Like they could have added, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Brought some of that in. I would have loved to see some sucking squid. Are you kidding right? me? Um, well, Fezzik in, in the I think. An ego and some sucking squid. Come on. <laughs> so I would have liked to seen something like that, like that they that an ego and Fezzik had to uh, traverse through to get to uh, Wesley. Yeah, they're not yeah. used enough. I don't think. That uh. The torture scene feels, you can tell it was like stripped of some things because it's like Wesley is down here and bad things are happening to him and you're like, okay, but like what exactly? It, it feels like there was supposed to be more there. Yeah. And Definitely. then also maybe a little more of a Fezzik backstory because in the book, Fezzik, I mean obviously the books can go a lot deeper into characters, um, but Fezzik's backstory is one that, I mean, Inigo you can find out a lot just from like his motivations. But Fez's character is really not that deep outwardly, but inwardly is very deep in the book. Right. But you can't get that without any backstory from him in the movie. I think the movie did perfectly casting Andre the Giant. Fez oh, he's the perfect cast. Oh, no, but like, I don't think we I don't want backstory. I just want him to be Andre the we Giant. We all know who Andre the Giant yeah, is when he saying. shows up. Yeah. That's, Anybody yeah. want a peanut? Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Which I didn't know was from this movie. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Now I you know. love you, man quoted it. So, mm -hmm. so uh a category that I don't know if you guys have had before, but how much better do you guys think that this does this fix make the movie? Like percentage-wise, like your fix, how much better do you think that makes the movie? I don't think it would change it that much. In fact, listening to Cole's critique, I think kind of respect the set pieces because it's a grandfather telling his son the story, so it kind of makes sense. And as you know, I started thinking about it. But if you change the music, I don't know, maybe it goes up for me. Three percent, just three percent. Yeah, not nothing, not, nothing major. I think if Robin Wright has more to do and Buttercup's fleshed out a little bit more, I think that's a pretty big improvement, like ten percent, and we are looking at like a ninety-five Metacritic movie. What <laughs> scene sells the movie? Like, if you had to sell it to your, uh, you know, the big, the big, big CEO, wigs. yeah, the big big wigs in the in the big office, and you gotta say, hey, this is a this is what you're gonna watch. You're this is what you're buying to people who drive a Range Rover. Yes, I want to make Rover. bank, bro. Okay, get those ass. kind of guys. Yeah, yes. people you meet at the Catalina Wine Mixer. Yes. Oh, okay. they <laughs> fly in in helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the scene for me um, that is like the easiest short scene to show someone to be like, this is the movie. This is how much fun it is. Is the duel between Wesley and Vizzini. Um, he walks up, it's the duel of wits, like you kind of see Wesley and Carrie Elwes doing like all the great things that he does in this movie. 
<laughs> you get Bazzini played by Wallace Shawn, who is so like funny. in every 80s, 90s movie. Gosh, yeah. he's so funny in this movie. He voice acts. And like, he's, he is throwing fastballs in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Every <laughs> <With> the, like, <laughs> It's the number two rule. The number one rule is never start a land war in Asia. <laughs> Only slightly. Right. That's like the unladen swallow thing. Like just this throwaway <laughs> comment that becomes this. Oh, it's uh, like, it's like the most famous line of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Never start a land war in Asia. It's so freaking funny. Uh, it's, and that's my pick. I would pick the scene where I want to do the whole entire scene where Billy Crystal's has to revive Wesley. Who Miracle Max. Killed. Miracle, Miracle Max. Max, yes. Oh, because that stands alone. Mm -hmm. It's like an SNL scene. That's a good one, and too. I mean, the combo. That's a great scene. Yeah. But the scene I would choose is right after that when they bring Wesley up on top of the castle and he just comes back to life and they're like, he can't feel his body, essentially. So they're like, he's like moving his head and Andre the, Andre the Giant's like, Oh, you just move your finger. You must feel pretty good about that. And they're like devising a plan. <laughs> his whole body's limp. Yeah. And they like got to pick his head up. Yeah. Like right there in that moment, I remember thinking, I wanted the whole movie to be like this. The physical like, comedy in that yeah. movie is so funny. It reminded yeah. me of Monty Python. And then yeah, he like yeah. pulls out the Holocaust cloak and he's like, oh, he's like, it fits so nice. He's like, it fits so nice. Yeah, he said I could take it. He's like, wait, what? Holocaust cloak? Holocaust yeah. cloak. Why did they call it that? I believe I that's what it's called. Yeah, it's a real know. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also like, just like the, like you're talking about, like they're devising a plan and it's super serious, but then the lines are so funny of like, man, you know, maybe if we had a wheelbarrow, things would be different. And they're like, well, we have a wheelbarrow. He's like, why didn't you tell me we had a wheelbarrow? <laughs> it's like, what is that? I need a sword. You can't hold it. Well, they would eventually. <laughs> for me, I would probably pick the sword fight with Inigo uh, because for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think their banter back and forth is like, with getting too much on the nose. It's swordplay in of itself, it's great. Yeah. Um, so like there's a part where he's climbing up the mountainside and he's, you literally get an ego being bored to wait to fight him. He's like, well, I gotta fight him. He's, you know, he just had the conversation, I'm gonna fight him left-handed or in too quickly. So he has this conversation where he's like, hey, uh, you down there, are you, uh, are you coming up? And the guy's <laughs> like, uh, let me concentrate on this for a minute. And he's like, well, what if I throw you a rope? He's like, you would probably let me drop. And then he's, all these little <laughs> comments happen of like, <laughs> I give you my honor. my father's grave. He's like, Before that, I gave my honor as a Spaniard. He's like, I've known too many Spaniards. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like all these little lines. And so it's just hilariously done. Uh, and then their sword fight itself is, I think, more or less well choreographed. Oh, it is. Uh, like the actual back and forth parts of it. Yeah. Um, there's a part of it that's a little bit, you know, hard to maybe watch through, like with the sound effects, with just like the classic, <laughs> just clank, 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 clank. <laughs> Um, but I, my favorite part of the whole thing is he's fighting left-handed and he's laughing. He goes, why are you laughing? He's like, I know something that you don't know. He's like, what's that? I'm not left-handed. <laughs> and he switches back to his right and all of a sudden he's now driving him back and he goes, well, I know something too. I'm also not left-handed. Yeah. And then, like, they both it took it away from me. Like, it's it, so good. It, it, it's, it killed it when, when Wesley revealed that he was also not left-handed. I was like, oh. You didn't like that? I, I, thought, I thought it was great when Inigo said it and then when Wesley said it too, I was like, oh, you're well, original. I just well, thought well, well, Inigo making you, the most fun of the... Like the, oh, okay. the story right. time. In a well, good I was gonna way. say, and Inigo's you know beforehand because he tells Vicini, I'm going to have to do him left handed. And he's like, God, that'll take too long. He's like, Oh, but I won't feel right if I do him on my right oh, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too quick. I also don't know if it came out before or after, but I love the weird footloose reference where he does like the parallel bar spin and flip, you know, as he descends yeah, 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 in that yeah. fight yeah. scene. That's great. Back to a Holocaust cloak, Mario, is a cloak that derives its name from the fire part. It's made from a fairly quick, most fairly thick. Mostly non-flammable fabric. So okay. I guess that's just what it's called. Makes sense why they lit on fire. They yeah, 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 they lit on fire. They didn't burn up. Um, 
So you guys picked my favorite scenes. Um, I picked a little. I picked two, and I picked like long portions of the movie because my favorite scene would just be the whole movie. <laughs> um, but so the first one, I would show Cole's scene, but I would show a little bit before that to whenever um, they are, whenever they're on the boat sailing, and Inigo notices the boat chasing them. <laughs> From yeah. that point, why do you oh, keep looking behind? Yeah, you? he's like, why do you keep looking behind you? And he's like, God, oh, there's someone chasing us. And then he says the line about like, do you think he's using the same wind we're using? <laughs> and uh, and like, it just gets me every time he asks. He's yeah. like, do, do you think he's using the same wind we are? And like, Vicini's just like, that's inconceivable. Um, you keep using that word. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you know what that word. And then also like the climb, the climb of the mountain. He's using it correctly. Right, but well, it's funny. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And then the climb of the mountain where he's like, uh, Fezzik getting yelled at and stuff like that all the way yeah. through the sword fight. That and is, then, I'll actually steal from you for one second. That is an efficient fix I can think of. That mountain climbing portion takes a very long it's time. It's a long. Yeah, and you can do, see that he's like on something they took yeah, out. Yeah, they do a lot of wide shots to show the progression. You can just start at the bottom and then just cut to cut the right to and top. Yeah. And you can see when it's zoomed out, they're, they're dummies strapped right, onto right. someone. I'm like, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Well, Rich. they weren't really going to strap them to Yeah, him. true. <laughs> Um, Anybody want a peanut? Or, or from the Miracle Max scene, through through Count Rugen running away, Inigo facing Count Rugen, Inigo dispatching of the four scrub guards, and then Count Rugen literally is like, oh crap, <laughs> and just turns, turns away. and sprints away. <laughs> and because you think he's gonna like, oh, you he's fine. You think it's about yeah. to go down, and he just sprints away. And I think those that will that portion of the movie because it shows all that comedy that you were talking about earlier mario with just him waking up and oh you moved your finger oh you moved your head isn't that great oh and, uh, it's so good i got an honorable mention i think about it when he's on the bed and uh the king comes in prince humperdinck yeah prince humperdinck and he is convincing him like you're gonna be you're gonna lose your ears and oh, then to the pain. Lose, he's like, I know, or he's like, you're gonna lose your eyes. Let me guess, my ears. No, you'll keep your ears. So you'll hear all the kids laughing at you because you'll be so ugly or something like that. Like, it, it was hilarious. Straight over face. That's a, yeah. yeah. He, he That's a great one. Okay, so if you had to take out one scene, could you think of one to yes, take out? Yes, I could. The fight with Andre the Giant and Wesley was hard to watch. It was like, not a fight, it's bad dialogue. Change it or get it out of there. Well, you know why? That will come. This will come up later when we do tidbits. Yeah. But uh, at this point, you can burn them. Yeah. At this point, Andre the Giant, uh, being that large, takes a toll on your body, and he couldn't do like anything. Like he could barely wrestle at this point. And so, like you'll notice that's that a stunt double. It's a stunt double most of the time. Or the close-up scenes, Kerry Elvis is standing on a box so that he doesn't have to put his weight on Andre the Giant. So uh, that's why Andre the Giant so can pick up or do like do anything. Right. Gotcha. His, his back was in such bad shape at this gotcha. point. So, it, 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 I think that is probably the least fun scene in the movie. Knowing that background, you understand yeah. why, but like, it would be f more fun to see a little bit more out of Fezzik if we had a yeah. different yeah. version of it. But, you know, I'll take that over everything else Andre the Giant is putting into the movie. Right. I think he's bringing so much to the movie that it's fine that it, that's what's happening there. Definitely. Um, if I had to take a scene out, it would be... Which I think it's the scene that actually doesn't hold up today. It's the the one where we don't have to take like the whole thing out, but where he goes to fake hit Buttercup when he's still oh, the yeah. man in black. Oof. It definitely doesn't 
have a good look even though like you know like right afterwards he was just basically faking acting yeah, well, what, what was she gonna hit him over what was he gonna hit her over was yeah just so minor just for like she said i've loved like you've never known before yeah and, like, he basically changed. says like basically he says you lied that's like it, what he's gonna hit her for is it lying. is weird that whole part because like carrie uh wesley is like testing her right but it's kind of like i, I don't i i've seen this movie a bunch now and it's like i still don't fully get it like he loves her and he feels betrayed by her, but like... He was gone for five years and she thought he was right. dead. Yeah. It's a weird... She was taken by force. Yeah, like... It's not like she It's a weird, a like, manufactured Prince Humperdinck pink any girl in the whole world. Right, in and the he whole picked land. her. Yeah. Like, and so... So, yeah. If I'm clipping out a scene, it's not a long scene, and, it, and I, it's probably a way more major portion of the book. Uh, I haven't read the book, but I don't think you need the fire swamp. I think they can have a conversation on the run. And he loses the fact that he is the Dread Pirate. Um, and then they just still just get captured. Like, I don't know that you need the events that happen in the swamp for any actual plot progression. I also just think it's really funny, though, when he's seen one of the rodents of unusual size. And she's like, oh, what about the R.O.U.S.'s? And he's like, I don't think uh, they exist. Yeah. <laughs> he's already spotted. He's already clocked two of them. He's right. getting mauled. Well, that's, yeah. sword in the ground. that's kind of I goes back to what we were talking we're about. Talking about. Yeah. Make her more useful. Buttercup, like is seems to be i think a commentary on like female roles in these fantasy stories yeah um but it's unfortunate sure. that robin wright is being kind yeah. of misused we say unfortunate but the same time as their first role so maybe they we didn't they didn't know her potential right yeah but uh, she would go on to be the most powerful woman in, in washington though i think she yeah doesn't she become president i think yeah. so stop yeah. watching because it went off the rails it does go off the rails a bit <laughs> plus kevin spacey doesn't hold up well he's not in it that's why she's no president. i know but still i don't want to <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so uh, do you guys think anything like the Dread Pirates Roberts really existed? I know what he was based off of. Like, like, a, like a historical figure, especially before photographs that like people have just kind of all claimed this same title. Like what happens with the Dread Pirate Roberts is five people have been Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, so he point. passes the torch on and everyone. Right, yeah. right and he like, tricks everyone, yeah. the new people, and now this guy gets to go retire and live the good life in this title gets to carry on. Do you think something like that could have really existed? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, it reminded me of the fan theory, though, of is James Bond an actual person, or is that just mm. the name that is given to whatever agent takes on the 007 position? Um, mm. That's that right. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, Ian Fleming has gone on to say like he, he's a man, like he, right. he's James Bond, but as the role has been passed on, that theory formulated. I like to think he's is a man, and they restart every time. But um, it, it was cool to see this this pirate story play out. I'm like, oh, I could see that happening with the James Bond character. I would, in a real life note, one that's funny um, is my wife's. Uh, it's her, whatever her grandparents, uh, brothers are. I guess those are like great, great uncles. uncles. Great uncles. Her great uncles. Um, were Lloyd and Floyd. They were twins <laughs> that lived in Polk County, and Floyd ran for governor in Polk County. And when he was campaigning, he would have his twin brother campaign in other areas of town. That's brilliant. While awesome. he campaigned and just posed as him. And so, like, he'd be outside the grocery store, too. like, oh, yeah, hey, good to meet y'all. It's me, Floyd. I'm running for governor. <laughs> you know, vote for me. I think. A campaign fraud. Nice. Kind of like that. I think, especially yeah. before photographs were invented, like I mentioned, like, this had to have happened all the time. Like people think this is what sh happened with Shakespeare, like that Shakespeare was multiple oh, people yeah. that wrote and just all use the same pen name. So like it, it almost certainly happened. It has to be real. Is that what you found, Brooks? Yeah, pretty much. That like it is, stuff like this has happened. Um, 
never with like a pirate, but yeah. like you said, like with <clears throat> with people just throughout history, where it's like, but you can't really prove it or disprove it either. Right. So yeah, it's, it's kind it's of the perfect. Yeah, it's, it's fun it's, to talk about though. Yeah. It was based it on could real... could be happening with Tom Cruise, because he never ages. That's true. <laughs> yeah. A whole collection of Cruises. The next Cruise. Dude, exactly. When I bumped into him, I thought he was a fake guy. I thought he was like an impersonator. <laughs> I can't believe I, you got to meet him. Yeah, I met him at Comic-Con, and uh, his his like security team did not push us away as fast. That's why I didn't believe he was real, the real Cruise, <laughs> because he had two security guards, and I was like, these are obviously fraudulent, because they let me and a camera guy get right close to them. He was inheriting the Cruise title. Not, yeah, either, way. Cruise. either way, I didn't trust him. Anyway, so the real, the pirate, the Dread Pirate Roberts was based off of Black Bart, Bartholomew Roberts, and he was a Welsh pirate, and basically, he never took captives. He just killed all of his, um... Good way to build a rep. Yeah, yeah. until, until, uh, this one Welsh dude who was, like, he got a captive and befriended him, and basically had, like, the same kind of, like, scenario. Oh, that's Yeah, cool. so, I don't think he gave him his ship at the end of it, but I think he, like, had someone he didn't kill, a captive. Mm. Very cool. Um. Parlay. Yeah. So, out of the three abilities, swordplay, strength, and intellect that Wesley overcomes, which would you guys want to have? You can only choose one of them, obviously. You can't be Wesley and get all three, because he is the best. Right. Well, I think the most valuable one is the intellect, with the caveat that Bazzini is not as smart as he thinks he is, because his plan is often terrible and foil. But you can see that Inigo, who has the sword play, and Fezzik, who has the strength, like, they are aimless without someone to guide them. Whether it's Wesley or Bazzini, they have nothing to do. So I think this movie really like kind of takes aside itself that like you need someone with brains to point yeah. these guys in a direction. I already have the intellect and the strength. I also have raw <laughs> sexual magnetism, which isn't one of them. So I'd probably just go with the sword play. Oh, yeah, plus was... your best friend's Ben Affleck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that is that Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> Sounds a lot like the plot of Goodwill Hunting. I think I also take the intellect, the dizzying intellect, as he calls it, um, just because it's the most useful overall. Yeah. But the strength is the most enticing to me. Swordplay, not especially useful in 2019. Not, not now, but also, like, what if lightsabers came a thing? What if? <laughs> when that happens, yeah. I'll take the swordplay. I will pick swordplay. I'll take swordplay only because Inigo Montoya is going to be every D&D player I ever play from here on out. Like, <laughs> you want his the whole character now? arc, his motivation, that's just who I'm going to repeat over and over again. D&D, you guys do that on Mondays, right? Sometimes. Thanks for the invite. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> that was sarcasm. Oh, I thought you were invited. I'm actually no. working on my bartender's license. <laughs> <laughs> throughout this movie, um, it's a fairy tale, so pretty much it's a happy ending throughout, it seems. Um, but there are characters you might have sympathy for. Uh, who do you have the most sympathy for? Inigo, obviously, mm. for me. Which is, fun fact, he looks like my Uncle Dino. He reminded me of my Uncle Dino. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, nice. Can't confirm. Yeah, well, he looks Dino, like him. Michael Dino is Italian. This is a great uh, uh, exercise for, in audio medium. For yeah. everyone who can't see, he looks like him. Uncle he Dino. Like Michael Dino, if you're listening. Shouts. Mandy, Mandy, if you need a, uh, <laughs> tickets, if a, you body, need double. a body double or yeah. stand-in or anything, we got you. Uh, but I think his character is created so that you sympathize for him. Yeah, I think Inigo is the obvious answer, but Buttercup, also very sympathetic. As I mentioned, I, she has I, don't, a lot of lines. I don't think... Right, I don't think she's used well, but like, if you just think about what happens to Buttercup, she falls in love with and has this fairy tale in the first five minutes of the film, 
And then she thinks the love of her life dies. She is forced to marry someone that she doesn't love who also doesn't love her and plans to kill her after their wedding. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's her story arc. And then she's rescued at the end and that's nice. But like, man, that's a suck existence for the first 75% of this movie. And uh, so I think like, although, you know, again, I've complained about the role a bit, I think she is the most sympathetic character as well. The answer, like, for my 15 minutes that I want to add, the answer is Fezzik, because when you read about Fezzik, you feel so bad for him, because he's such a misunderstood, just, because he doesn't like fighting. He doesn't like, um, his parents made him fight when he was young, because he was big, and basically turned him into this brawler, and he's like, I just want to be, like, nice and friends with people, no one wants to be his friend. And it's like Andre the Giant in real life, kind of, I feel like, because, like, he, he didn't like people to be scared of him either. And he actually said that about filming, because this was the only movie he ever filmed. He was like, I liked it because people just looked at me like I was a person on set. And people didn't look at me like I was this big, giant person. Big, giant, like, huge person. Yeah. So I think that, like, you feel really bad for Fezzik. But you don't get to see it in depth in the book. In the movie. You just get to see it in the book. It's an easy answer for me, um, because there's one character who life and job seems just the most... Uh, you know, unfair given his restraints, uh, and that is the cleric who performs the wedding ceremony. Um, <laughs> because if your whole job is speaking to crowds and you say "mawage," thank you, Michael Scott. Yeah. It's oh what God. brings us together. Where together are the wings today? That scene is Mowage. I will never not crack up at him yeah. saying, saying "mawage." It's Mowage. so funny. Also, he says it's such a straight that, face. Yeah. Also, later that scene is scene is juxtaposed with them out front yeah. doing the physical comedy of my arms and legs don't yeah. work right now. We got to devise a plan. And he's coming back to mailing. Give the key. <laughs> oh, you mean this key? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Casting what ifs. Uh, casting what ifs from then, and then also if there was a blasphemous re remake today, who would you cast? So I thought of this only in terms of a recast. Okay, uh, that's fine. Think of Me the, too. That time. So I've got a, I've got like a full cast in mind. I've got well, I have a I'll I'll hit these casting what ifs real quick for okay. that time. Please do. Um, the casting what ifs for Fezzik, Richard Keel, which he was I don't know if you know who that is. He's just a big huge dude. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Mm. And then Liam Neeson. Uh, oh, no. What? He, he went in for it. And, for Fezzik? Yeah. And yes. Robert uh, Rob uh, Reiner laughed at him and said, "You're six four. You're way too short." And laughed, <laughs> and laughed him out of the audition basically. That's hilarious to be six four and told you're way too short. Um, yeah. Buttercup. This is the NBA. Yeah, right? It's like, oh man. Uh, Buttercup, Whoopi Goldberg really tried what? to get the role hard. That she pushed not hard for it for herself. Um, Courtney Cox, Meg Ryan, and Ooh. Uma Thurman all, Courtney Cox. all auditioned for the role. Heartthrob right there, but no way. Okay. Robin Wright's perfect, though. Yeah. And then yeah. And then, I think Courtney Cox is too hot for this. Well, the, the writer of the book, uh, he wanted Carrie Fisher. That's okay. who he said he was the yeah, ideal um, Buttercup. But I also think of Princess Leia and yeah. like her attitude, yeah. and Buttercup has none of that. Takes which me out is of the movie. Unfortunate. If you cast Carrie Fisher, you have to give her more more to do. You have to. Well, they should have given Robin Wright more. They to should have. Do. No, but I'm yeah. saying Carrie Fisher is a powerhouse at this point in time that for time. sure. That's yeah. true. Um, Wesley Christopher Reeves. They Superman. were looking at, yes. Okay, I can see that. And then Vicini, they were looking at Danny DeVito. <laughs> That's good too. And that and and that apparently crushed Sean Wallace's confidence on set. Um, like all of the whole scene, your favorite scene, Bryce. They like crushed his confidence. Apparently, he would like always ask like at every cut, 
apparently he thought he was going to be fired for messing up. Oh, man. And stuff guy. like that. Yeah, because apparently Danny DeVito was, like, so reputable like at that wings? point. Yeah. Dang. But he wasn't really in the wings. I guess right. he just he felt just like that. He just was still, like, neurotic about it. That's yeah. sad. So, yeah. So, for well, today's cast. Good job, Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Yeah, good job. Um, so, I got my modern 2019 remake, which we all agree would be blasphemous. The idea got kind of floated recently and was immediately just shot down. Um, but I, there are some actors, I think, that would fill these roles. Uh, I think Ryan Reynolds would be a great Wesley. Me too. Um, I think, I don't know his name, but the wrestler that portrays the big show uh, or the giant. Paul Donald White the second. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, well, I have him as my it, he, recast. So first. he's kind of like the yeah. vein of like Andre the Giant. Yes. He's 7'2", allegedly, according he's to wrestling. 383 pounds. Um, I think for Inigo Montoya, you get uh, Pedro Pascal, most famous for oh, playing the Viper in Game of Thrones. Okay, Ooh. okay. Um, and actually, for Wallace Shawn, I was thinking Danny, or for Vizzini, I was thinking Danny DeVito, so now I feel bad about that. <laughs> I could also, also see Johnny Depp for Inigo. Yeah, oh, yeah perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I thought uh, Chris Pine for Wesley. Okay, yeah, you yeah. Could do it too. I think that um, Ryan Reynolds has a lot of that, like, winking at the camera without actually literally yeah. winking at I the camera. I think your mind. cast would be bad. I think Ryan Reynolds would be a perfect choice, though. I didn't have many of the other ones. <clears throat> I just Antonio Banderas can be an ego. I think he would be funny. Yeah, so that's I, true. For my cast, it definitely my ages don't all work for, like, the characters. Right. Um, but an ego, Diego Luna. From oh, yeah, one. Oh, Diego Luna. Yeah. Um, the torturer, James Corden. <laughs> um, Wesley, I I had Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds. I had both. Of them. One of the Ryan's. Ryan. Ryan Ryan Gosling's funny enough. I I think he could be, and I don't. The man in black's not that funny. It's true. He's funny at times, but like. Well, the physical comedy. The physical comedy is really yeah. funny, but I think Ryan Gosling could do that. We could um, have uh, Bill Murray as the miracle worker. Miracle yeah. Max, Bill Murray would be perfect. <laughs> um, Humperdinck, I picked Zac Efron. I think oh, he could kill one. it because yeah, he's yeah. like supposed to be kind of dumb. Yeah, good. And one. he would be like really just he could be Pretty evil. Boy. I'm into and, that. And the way he talks to Count Rugen, yeah. like it's kind of like um, Count Rugen, Adam Driver, uh, Vizzini, Patton Oswalt. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. definitely see that. And then uh, Buttercup Emma Watson. Patton Oswalt is perfect as Vizzini. Yeah, That's I think he would be a great Vizzini. This next category is. Uh, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world. It would be a pity to damage yours. Uh, just the best quotes, uh, or whoever had the best one line throughout the movie. What do you guys think? I mean, I think the best single line in the whole movie is Inigo Montoya, that, hello, yeah. my name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepared to die. Yeah. That's the most recognizable quote for me from the movie. Same here. It doesn't, like, fit into natural conversation super well, but it's, it's great. Yeah, that's mine as well. That would be my best quote as well as well as never get involved in a land war in asia That's but only true. slightly less less well known as this never going against a sicilian when death is on the line that was the <laughs> that's like the the quote-unquote most famous i could start line using that you could my favorite line is a time where i think they actually do give buttercup something to work with uh and so she's talking back and forth with humperdinck uh and he's basically she's found out that he never sent the ships after uh, and basically found out that he had lied, and so he's going back and forth of why you love him, and here's what she says. She says, why not? You can't hurt me. Wesley and I are joined by the bonds of love, and you cannot track that, not with a thousand bloodhounds, and you cannot break it, not with a thousand swords. And when I say you are a coward, that is only because you are the slimiest weakling ever to crawl the earth. And, like, he had just basically said, like, nobody talks to me this way, and she responds by saying that again, and, like, 
in the moment. Like it's a time when the movie gets pretty real for me. I'm like, she's like, do something, man. Yeah, do something. Gosh, Robin Wright's so good. <laughs> this is now a Robin Wright appreciation pod. <laughs> Ro give Robin Wright more lines. For I real. Wish I was I could maybe they'll do a, maybe they'll do a remake and she can reprise her role. Maybe she could. So do you guys have a uh, favorite character? Speaking of Buttercup and Robin Wright, or Inigo is my favorite. Inigo. I would, I watch a movie with just him and, and Fesnick. Is that his Fezzik. Fezzik, yeah. Like an Inigo origin story. Uh no, I like to see him take over as. The Dread Pirate Roberts? Yeah. Miniseries. That's yeah. a miniseries. I'm excited yeah. about that. Oh, they, really they can make Diego Luna. They can cast Diego Luna. Oh my really gosh. Nice. I'm into that. Yeah. Cut this part out. This is a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think Inigo is the, the best character. I mean, Wesley's great, but it's kind of like a Luke Skywalker Han Solo situation. Like, yeah. He, uh, like, Wesley's cool, but, like, Inigo's so much cooler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to see more of Fred Savage. How does he grow up, you know, in right? real life? Does where's, still, his, where's his mole? Does he still like the Bears when he's older? Yeah, you know? probably. Is probably he's, not. Is he still playing RBI baseball? We'd have to see Once Upon a Deadpool. Yeah. When Plot Deadpool twist. Does... He becomes a Vikings fan. Ooh. Does he? No. Oh. <laughs> Who is, he's probably a fan of something in Wonder Years that's not the Bears. Yeah, anyway. I don't know. I don't know um, enough about the years. My answer is also an ego. Fred oh, Savage okay. for Cole. The grandson. The yeah. grandson. Yeah. Okay. Fuck, Grandpa! Yeah. <laughs> what about sports? I want a big bang, bro! He cusses a lot. Yeah. Being very PG. He's like, yeah. fuck you, Miss Daisy. So, so uh, next category is tidbits. Tiddly bits. Tidbits. This week brought to you by books. Get your <laughs> just books. books. Yeah, go to your local libraries. <laughs> check out some books. Uh, while you're there at the library, uh, they have movies too, and maybe you can check out some sports. of the movies that we do on this podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Brooks, who maybe started a trend just now of Tibbets being sponsored by PSAs. We don't choose the sponsors, guys. What are you talking about? You're lying to fans out here. They choose uh, we're going to start yeah. pitching to inanimate objects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry, yeah. Right. Things we, we love. Yeah, so we got Tidbits. Did you guys find any Tidbits I had a about fun this one. movie? I thought it was interesting that they were pushing for, they were trying to get this movie made in the 70s actually and they had an idea for like i'm gonna butcher his name fesnick 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 fuck me um they wanted to cast at the time an unknown bodybuilder by the name of arnold schwarzenegger yeah. that's right so i thought that would have been very interesting if you would have gotten early arnold with little english and then later they couldn't afford him yeah he's yeah. too big he's too big yeah. name he would have ruined the movie if it, it helps you there's no in in fesnick yeah yeah Fres fresno no. fresno Pan, pan, there's an N. Yeah, I think it helped out with the whole pan, yeah. pan thing. Uh, all my tidbits are related to Andre the Giant, so Brooks has called this subcategory Big Bits. Oh, those are Big uh, Bits. I try to get rid of this section. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, they're back. <laughs> Your bits are so big, right? Wow. Oh, my God. Um, Mine was big, bitty bitty. Big honking bits. They are heavy, too. Yeah. Um, but I dropped my uh, big bit about Andre the Giant earlier. Drop it down. About, uh, you know, how he does so much in this movie, and he's so funny, and he's so good in this movie. But he was in like very poor health the whole time. Uh, I could hardly understand him in most of his lines. To be well, that's honest. that is just how he talks. Okay. Though. That is yeah. well, well. He's not. He is not born in America. Also. Anybody want a peanut? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say uh, Reiner recorded all of his lines because he couldn't do them onto a tape, and then that's how Andre learned all his lines by just listening to someone wow. else say all his lines. Yeah. So Andre the Giant is you know he's not a natural actor. He's a professional wrestler. Uh, and he was very good at that, and you can tell it from his physical presence in the movie. Um, but, he, I mean, he does a great job. This movie is incredible, and it's better for Andre being in it. 
I mean, an Andre the Giant fact I have was uh, Robin Wright. This is what she described. I mean, he's a huge human, so he could in consume a lot of alcohol. This was his, um, what would make him a little tipsy, is three bottles of cognac and 12 bottles of wine. <laughs> oh my God. There's so much Andre mythology. When they would go out for dinner, Andre would order four apps and five entrees and would drink out of a 40 ounce beer oh pitcher filled with a mix of liquors, a concoction he called the American. So it was just I a bunch of random liquors and a 40 ounce mug. It's <laughs> to quote Jason Siegel from I Love You Man, he used to take Andre the Giant two barrels of beer to get him drunk. Right, exactly. He's so great. Yeah. It's like his mythology is way better than any Chuck Norris mythology. It's true. Because it's real. It's like, true. Oh, yeah, that's part of it. It's like yeah. people that are like, yeah, I met Andre the Giant. Although, he drank 16 bottles I'd of like wine. I might think Gardner Minshew II has some real mythology coming. Oh, man. He might, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, our, yeah. that's our real number one goal is to get Gardner on the pod. He's coming. He is. He's He'll be here in a week. Yeah. He also used to move cars whenever he was drunk. He would just go move them yes! around as like a prank. He would like, just like he would like turn car. them to face the wrong that direction. Be mad. That'd be so or hard. like he would just like ah oh, I got and he probably thought it was hilarious. These are some big bits. I'm telling you. So this one's not about Andre, but it's about the sword fight scene. So if you couldn't tell, they don't have body doubles in there. There's there's no stunt doubles except for Probably. the. Uh -huh. No, 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 for the sword fight scene oh, yeah. uh, between Inigo and uh, Wesley. The only time, it's actually the two actors, they learned the entire choreography except for the spinning of the bars and the flip. Yeah. Th that was obviously stunt doubles. Ch chumps. Um, but it was, it was one minute, like when they went to record it, and Rob Reiner said, oh, that sucks. Add two and a half more minutes. And they oh learned. Oh my gosh. That's why it's so long and drawn out and stuff, because he said he wanted to be the greatest sword fight in modern times. It wasn't. It's really, it's I really would say, though. considering that they are bad. the actors, the actual actors, they learned to both the sword fight with their left and right hands. That's pretty impressive. Not The crews, the crews would have done it, and he would have done the flip. Yeah. The crews would have. He would have. He would have okay. scaled the mountain. Uh, so it was just the crews then. Is the only person you just <laughs> exactly. think. So you should recast the crews against as, himself as the man in black. The whole cast is Tom Cruise, <laughs> and I do love that scene. But there are parts of that scene where you can tell it's not a real. And this, uh, they shouldn't be fighting with real swords. Yes, but there's times. Disagree. Where it, <laughs> there's, right. time, there's times where it literally flexes like a rubber band, yeah. and you're like, okay, it's Yeah. Um, one of my tidbits, and uh, it's a really funny one. Oh, nice bit. Oh, thank you. Uh, but when we talked about the rodents of unusual size, um, is that one of the actors, so they are people that are in the actual rodent costumes, uh, and so one of the guys was this guy, Danny Blackner, and he was late to shooting one day and basically arrived on set and had a conversation, and he basically told Wesley that, hey, I'm late today because I got arrested last night because I'd had too much to drink, and I was leaving the bar, and an officer arrested me, and he would not believe me that I told him that I'm playing a rat in a, as an extra in a movie tomorrow. <laughs> so literally, the, guy, the cop wouldn't buy his story, even though he's telling the truth. But yeah, what story would you believe of, I'm right. playing a rat tomorrow, you gotta let me go. Yeah, right, buddy. You're going to jail. Yeah, you're going to jail. I'm a rat! Um, he's one of Queenan's men. He's a fucking cop! <laughs> I'm a rat, cop. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> So Mario, did you know the torture machine was, uh, they were going to use it for a James Bond movie? I did know that. Did you? No. <laughs> no, yeah, for Never Say Never Again, they were going to be Don't using... Don't you ever say that again. Yeah, I won't. But uh, they were going to use the torture machine, but they didn't like it, so they... Yeah, it wasn't you know, great. They used it for this one instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so no more tidbits. Um, the bits are closed. The bits, bits are, are closed. closed. So let's get, let's do the final guy. 
Well, you want to hear about butter? You want to know about Buttercup's oh. baby real quick? Dude? My bad. Let's do her baby. Tell me about Buttercup's yeah, baby. Buttercup's baby. Okay. Well, do you guys? You already had your sequel idea. It feels like you had a sequel it. idea. That you was know. Well, I know. I already. Buttercup's baby is a real thing in the oh. book. At the end of the book, there's a chapter. You're thinking written. of Bella, Twilight. <laughs> oh, she's nuts. Um, I'll tell you all about Twilight. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, me and Mario can go toe to toe. Yeah, me and Mario can go toe to toe over Twilight. Um, but Buttercup's baby is like the sequel of the book that's already there's a couple chapters written and i didn't know if you guys had any ideas about what your sequel for this movie would be i, I think would mario's, be the inigo yeah the inigo dread pirate roberts movie yeah mario's ideas with, with fresnack i don't yeah. want a proper sequel to this movie for the same reason i don't want a remake of this movie is that like we talked about like it exists in 1987 and it's perfect for that time and then trying to modernize it or update it or whatever it uh i don't think it works i don't think it's much fun um, so I, I'm okay. I mean, I think the Inigo miniseries is great, but I don't want a sequel or a remake or anything. If they yeah. remake it, I want them to remake it even earlier than 87. <laughs> I think it would be better. I would have Yeah. Like an 81. Let George Lucas get his hands on it. Yeah. I, I like that idea, yeah. too. The, the real... To Michael Bay, maybe. <laughs> that would Put be Mark nuts. Wahlberg in it. The real one, the real sequel that's already written out there is pretty crazy. Um, What's pretty, it called? It's called Buttercup's Baby. Oh, that's, that's like the beginning of the. That's like yeah. what it's supposed to be called. The first chapter is called Fezzik Dies. Oh man! Oh, yeah, yeah just You're making it sad, man. Well, and you. Uh, no, no, no. Well, so it's believed that Fezzik doesn't actually die in the first chapter. It's just like. Uh, Wait, does an ego die? He gets stabbed in the spleen. No, no. Okay, so like uh, I can let you know then. So they're they're running away from the the castle happily. They're escaping. Obviously, they didn't kill Humperdinck, so he's like chase them. The pirates of the revenge show up, grab Inigo and everyone and Wesley, who's all messed up, and take and fight off Humperdinck's men. And then they lead them on a chase to this place called One Tree Island, where Fezzik swims them through shark-infested whirlpool waters to yeah to safety, so Humperdinck can't get to them. And then nine months later, uh, Buttercup and Wesley have a baby. With it's Fresnick's baby. Yeah, no, it's Wesley's baby. Oh. But Fezzik probably, Fezzik. who knows what he was trying to do. Um, Yikes. Yeah. and But actually, then he gets magically taken over by some spirit and delivers the baby. Fezzik does. What? It's weird, <laughs> I'm telling you. It goes a little, it goes off the rails a little bit. Things do not go as planned. So guys, the, the big question, does this belong in the junk drawer? I am going to go on record first. Okay. I'm going to go on the record and say it does not belong in the junk drawer. What? You put every movie in the junk drawer. <laughs> and they're taking this one <laughs> out of it. put Children of Men there. Children of Men. What? No, he didn't. He uh, should, okay. Children of Men. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think it doesn't. And for I think it maybe would have been in the junk drawer at some time in its life. But the more it gains kind of just, again, that cultural hit of it being so popular, I think it becomes more reserved on the shelf as being like, the movie everybody needs to own because it's a great movie for everybody to watch. Right. So, and that has this forced market that it takes itself out of the junk drawer. It, uh, it feels uh, a bit like a movie that like doesn't go in the junk drawer because it's a movie that gets released like every five to ten years with like special collector's edition. Um, and so I would say no as well for that reason. I am stumped because you guys put everything in there. But my answer is going to be the same as Cole's. I think it's too... Like, it's just such a cult classic, it's a it's a classic. I don't think it deserves to be in there. Maybe at one time, but it reminds me of uh, Cocktail. It doesn't remind me of movie Cocktail, but I feel like Cocktail is in that same category as well. Too culty. Too much of a classic. 
See, I think it that is the reason it makes it in the junk drawer. What? You yeah. don't even know what you're doing. Well, if we're talking about the Walmart bin, right? It's, we're talking Target here. Right? Well, <laughs> we don't go inside Walmart. Well, I've seen Top Gun in that Walmart bin. You and bite I, your tongue. I've seen it in there. I can. Uh, it's right next to Casino Royale. Yeah. Stop! You, you and shut the, your and mouth departed, and you're talking to me. So, and the Godfather. I think that it does belong in there <laughs> in in the fact that it is was made in 1987. And that actually, I bet you if you asked kids today, they would have no clue what this movie is. True. And they don't True. even want it. Because kids they, are stupid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they don't want it off the shelves. So it's going to be dumped right into that big bin. I'm going to dump you Walmart. in the bin, Brooks. That's fine. And I'll find a great movie like this and swim <laughs> out. So thank you guys so much for listening. Special thanks to our guest host this week, Brooks May. Well done. Yes, thank you. If it's you, not uh, even May. And he hosts it in October. Yeah. yeah. If you are uh, looking to... Uh, suggest a movie or potentially be a guest host, I suppose. Uh, you can contact us via email at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. Can Cole and I have a say in that next time? At if someone wants to host, because we, we're left out. No offense, Brooks. <laughs> well, Did you not pick your brother? <laughs> <laughs> or you can Go always <laughs> contact us via Twitter. We shortened up the Twitter handle for you folks, so if Did you we? need. Yeah, we made Again, it. we weren't involved in that. Fewer underscores now. It's just at junk underscore pod. Gosh, you're junk uh, underscore pod. You're running this company on your own now. <laughs> so what are you guys? We want to make it a little easier. Shout yourself out. Dude. You don't have Twitter. You don't um, have a Twitter. No. So uh, or follow Bryce Howell at Bryce Howell at Bryce Howell <laughs> at Real Brooks May. Yeah, that's it. That's Dang, the Twitter. Dude, none of these other losers got Twitters. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. Please reach out if you have any suggestions. And thank you so much to Brooks May for hosting. Uh, please come back again in the future. As you wish. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.